Blog Talk Radio. FT Sports Podcast. Welcome to the show tonight. April 19th, 2018 edition. B. Davis, B. Ellis, A.A. Ron TV will be here shortly. Great lineup that we have. The NBA playoffs is in full swing. Um, if you haven't been paying attention, we'll probably talk a lot about this team. The New Orleans Pelicans out of nowhere have shown the world that they are for real. And if you don't watch out, they just might sneak up on somebody and, and, and sweep Portland. Maybe even take Golden State out. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Des Bryant, I don't think we got into conversation, but Des Bryant was released from the Cowboys. Um, interesting take on that one. We want to talk a little bit about that. And the NFL season has been released. Um, tough out for the Lions. I'm not going to lie to you. I already know that BLS is going to say they're going to win like one game and then lose the next five. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you know anything about the NFL and it's proven, you want your toughest games at home. And it is no doubt that the Lions got some tough games at home. If you're a Lions fan, regardless of how you feel about them, you should be going to these games. Patriots, Rams, primarily coming to town. I mean, that in and in itself to see those two offenses and defenses here in the motor city will be exciting regardless of how you feel about the lions or not, but it's going to be a tough out. We'll talk about the NFL season. We'll talk about um, a world of things tonight on FT sports podcast. And as always, you can call in six, four, six, 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 eight, two, one, eight, two is the number. Let's go ahead and bring the guys in. Um, they've been patiently waiting for two minutes on the hotlines. B Ellis, a Ron. Good evening, gentlemen. What up though? Good evening. Good evening. Tons of NBA to get on and to talk about. But before we do that, um, let's let's talk about the NFL. The the, the schedule has been released. Um, I've been yelling at people via online and uh, people in my DMs all all day practically. The Lions open up the NFL season against the New York Football Jets, not the Giants. The Jets. It's in Detroit. Um, interesting matchup. Someone mentioned to me, you know, you got two teams that one f- finished last place in their division and then the other team finished third. Um, what a terrible matchup. But then I had to gently remind him that the season last year opened up with two teams that finished third, and that was the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings the previous year. So, you know, I don't know how they do their schedule or why they schedule it that way. But we've never had an intriguing matchup like this before. Uh, it's just a, that's a complete lie because we had it a year ago. Gentlemen, looking at the Lions schedule, we're here in the Motor City. We'll open it up with Lions talk. Um, B. Ellis, I kind of know where you might be going on this one, but what's your guys' mm-hmm. take, man? The schedule is released. What's your guys' take? Um, it, it's going to be challenging, man. Um, I will say that. Maybe we have uh, the benefit of doubt with our coach coming from the division that we're going up against this year. So maybe, you know, a, a tad bit of irony there or maybe, you know, uh, wishful thinking there. So um, 
Other than that, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough stretch, man. The Forty ers are on like a you know six game winning streak or something of that <laughs> right. nature. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know Jimmy G, you know. So you got the two handsome quarterbacks in week two and three. Yeah, so week two and week three are the, the featured of the, the handsome quarterbacks. So we we gonna see what happens, man. I don't know. I, I, I it's a tough it's a tough sell for him, man. Um, we're really about to see what this coach is about really quickly. So um, very quick. I'm optimistic though. I'm optimistic. You know, the Jets are they're questionable. In my opinion, the 49ers are questionable. Uh, at this point, the Cowboys are questionable. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a lot of 50-50 games in here. And I, I really, I think really it's going to come to coaching if he is worth the hire, if, if we win these games or come up on the right side of, of the ball when it comes to some of these games. Because they're 50-50, man, each week. Except for, I mean, I, I, the Patriots is a loss, Packers loss. But all these other ones are fifty fifty, man. Fifty fifty ball. I can't see that's that's the part that, that, that trips me out, McGriff. When I look at the schedule and I see Green Bay, obviously they're there every single year. I can't say this year I'm afraid of Green Bay as I may have been in previous years because their A one weapon is gone. Their entire offense mm-hmm. is gonna look different. They have a different uh um quarterback coach um in Green Bay. Their defense has always been suspect. I think people give Green Bay the benefit of the doubt because it's Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know if this year I could say Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that's a win. I, I can't do that with this Green Bay's team. And we haven't even gotten to the draft yet, but they still have to address things on the defensive side. So uh, do you agree with that sentiment? Do you look at the schedule and say, oh, well, Green Bay, that, that's 0-2 automatically? Or do you look at it kind of differently the way that I'm looking at it? Yeah, absolutely not. I have to disagree with that Brandon Ellis guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Green Bay team that is going to be playing this year is a different Green Bay team than uh, we've seen in the past. Yes, they're going to have Aaron Rodgers back, but he is not going to have all his weapons at his disposal. And even if they get some people out of the draft, they're going to be still, you know, milk uh, behind the ears, still trying to find their way, you know. Um, so I, I definitely think, like, I look at first glance, at this Lions schedule, I was like, ugh. But you know, you know what? You know what? Uh, I, uh. I think, you know what? I, I'm going to say it now. On <laughs> April uh, 19th, 2018, at uh-huh. 9.06 in the p.m., uh-huh. that, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I think that the, the Detroit Lions, uh-huh, have a pretty good shot at actually doing something this year. Now, <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I, I, hey, I mean, hey, that's 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 a lot of credit right there. And I know we say the same thing every year. This is our year. Our next year is going to be our year. Yada yada yada. Whoop de whoop. We all come in with just blind optimism, thinking that Detroit is just going to play lights out and we're going to see a team that we've never seen before. Um, yeah, I'm not comfortable enough to say that. Uh, however, I do think that if they make smart decisions through this draft, if Patricia mm-hmm. lives up to his hype, if they mm-hmm. stay focused, if they can protect Stafford, if the defense – does their job play after play after play. I think Detroit has a shot to actually <clears throat> win the division <clears throat> and go mm. more than one round in the playoffs. Uh, oh, it's a it's a it's a tough schedule. It's definitely a tough schedule. 
Um, but I think that the Lions have a lot going for them right now. And, you know, at the end of last season, I got real honest about these Detroit Lions. I started yeah. calling them the, uh, the Pontiac Lions again and saying mm-hmm. that they needed to uh, go back out and play in the Silver Dome that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about, about the team this year. And I'm going to continue to be brutally honest. Um, Ellis thinks that the, the uh, New England game is an automatic loss. Um, I don't care. But I, I don't I'm, not, care. I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to say that because you know what I'm saying Tom Brady and Belichick can't get can't get can't get along. So right. who knows what they're going to look like, you know? So I'm 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 looking forward to to this Lions season. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. And uh yeah, who knows? I might even be at that Monday night game. That 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 you know TV, I want to get your take. Let me, let me get my take on this real fast because I, I got to get it out. Because, Ellis, you, you mentioned that it's a guaranteed L from New England. I honestly think San Francisco is more guaranteed than not. First of all, the Lions that don't travel very well to the West Coast. San Francisco, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, they may be opening this game at home against the Lions. I don't know who mm-hmm. they play week one. I don't have it in front of me. But New England is going through a complete facelift. They, they have to get new personnel offensively. Um, their offensive line is, is depleted quite a bit. Their defense is, is depleted quite a bit. Um, they just lost their, obviously, defensive coordinator. Their old, obviously, their offensive coordinator is still there. There's some question marks as far as the quarterback play, as far as Tom Brady and you know Bill Belichick. There's a lot of drama circling, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll get it right. But I don't fear New England as I would have maybe last year or the year before. I don't fear Seattle at all this season, upcoming the way that their offensive line is built, the way that their defense, I mean, they've lost everybody practically in the secondary. Miami is a joke. Um, I, you know, we're going to sweep Chicago. If you really believe Chicago's improved, Carolina's on a decline. They can't figure out a running game. There's a lot of things to look at at the schedule. And when you break it down realistically, TV, the, taking the Homer side out of it, man, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, the Lions got a good draw. Most of their talents and games are at home. Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Yo. Yo. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this Lions schedule, I'm currently looking at it right now. And I don't know, guys, to be honest with you, I think they'll be lucky if they get seven wins this season. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and the Lions, I can't, I, I can't, I can't remember the last time the Lions won at Arizona. So that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, let's just, I mean, I can go through it real quick. They're going to yeah, lose at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to lose at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to lose to Carolina. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they're doing good right now. They're going to lose to the Cowboys. They're going to lose to New England. They're going to lose to San Francisco. Jeez. How many is that so far? That's the whole schedule right there. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I mean, unless something unless, unless changes, I mean, I don't know. I think the focus, honestly, should be can the Lions win a division. And I said it before, as long as number 12 is in Green Bay, that's not happening. So Yeah, I agree with that. They got a tough schedule, man. They got a tough schedule. It's tough. And I agree with you from the standpoint of Arizona for sure. But when you look at Buffalo – yeah, and that and I yeah, Buffalo in December. 
every year they always play some type of snow game. What what luck would Detroit have that it's snowed out in Buffalo at that time? Lambeau at the end of the season, that's a snow game. Um, L.A. coming to Detroit, that's that's a route. You know, just looking at everything, man, it's it's scary. But I, I I like the top half of the schedule more, and I like the bottom half. I really do. Yeah. I don't know. It's a matter of, it's a matter of Detroit to take care of business early in the season, and uh, hopefully they don't need help from other teams to get them in the, in the postseason. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, man, this this, this, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's just a lot of. I think it's a lot of fifty-fifty games in here, though. Honestly speaking, for the first time, I can say that there is a lot of fifty-fifty games in here for the Lions. Um, I think the Jets is a fifty-fifty game. Uh, I mean, Ty Bowles really? is going to have his boys prepared. Yeah, I mean, Bowles is playing for his uh, his livelihood at this point. And, I mean, it seems like his team started to respond to him uh, later in the season from last year. So, if he's not getting it right, then he's going to be out of there. So, I think you're going to have a, a competitive game. But I think the Lions can beat the Jets for sure. Uh, 49ers, I think it's a 50-50 game. I, I'm not I'm not on, fully on 49ers bandwagon. Uh, they're making moves, and I think that, you know, again, Patricia, uh, this will be a good time for him to leave his mark on the defensive side of the ball uh, to slow down the offense of uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, I think the Patriots is a for sure loss. If there's Belichick and Brady anywhere to be found and sniffed out in this game, then it's over for us. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's all I'm going to say. Like, it's, that combination is, is until they de- they separate and, you know, it, it's just I don't think it's a good look for the Lions. Uh, the Cowboys is a 50-50 game. 50-50 game with the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Packers is a for sure loss. Um, I think that they should be able to beat the Dolphins. Uh, the Seahawks is a 50-50 game. The Vikings is a 50-50 game. Bears is a win. Yeah, I mean, 50 You've only game given them Packers. one guaranteed win based on what you just said. I one sure guaranteed win, that's I the sure Bears. Did. Yep. Uh, uh, it's yeah, too I early for this. Bears, <laughs> and Bears and the Dolphins, man. I gave you the Bears and I gave you the Dolphins. I think every it's year we do this. Go ahead, fellas. Go ahead. It's not. It's not. It's not like the teams he's going with fifty-fifty are the ones that are uh, offensively challenged, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and I think that's me being generous for the Lions. I think I'm being generous for your Lions, Chris. I normally would just count them all the way out. I said no. There. I think you just did, man. Because fifty-fifty, the Lions don't win. <laughs> that's on you. That's real. on you. If you want to. That ain't on me. That's on that's you. That's not on me. On that's me. not on me. Don't do no. that. Previous years, I was just slapping L's on them. Like, this year, I'm saying there is a chance they could win this game. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking a mature route with the Lions right now. I so think looking uh, at they're going to the get slaughtered, slaughtered by the Rams. Uh, they have 50-50 the ball to wow. Cardinals and Bills. And then yep. two losses at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, McGriff, I feel uh-huh. like we're, you're back on, the, on, on the, the, this side of the tracks. Whoa now. Is it? I don't even know how to ask this question. But are you guys saying that is it the draw that the Lions have, or are you saying that the Lions just won't progress? Because last year their offense made strides. Their offensive line was depleted towards the end of the season. Stafford started getting sacked a lot. Their defense that bend but don't break foot mentality should have gone away by now with Patricia as the head coach. 
They've added to their sec their secondary. They've added to their linebacking core, which they had one of the worst linebacking cores in the last two years statistically. They have made improvements personnel wise. Even with those changes, you guys don't think you're, you're saying that they're going to regress from last season. Last season they were eight and eight. This season they're going to regress. Is that what I'm getting? I, it's hard to really tell right now, you know. They got a totally new coach. They're switch. They're making some changes on the field. Like it's hard to tell. I think after the Jets game, we'll we'll be able to make better determinations. I mean, even in the preseason, I think we'll be able to make some determinations about how their season is going to go. You know, this is a new Detroit Lions team than we had last year, so. Right now, all we can do is speculate on how they're going to be on the field. Like, we can, go, of course, draw on past experiences, which we got to do every year. But, you know, all the Lions' past experiences are pretty much bad. Right. So, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm going in with an optimistic eye. Uh, but if I see some bullshit, I'm going to call it bullshit. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> TV, uh, let me ask you this question, man. Monday Night Football, got the schedule in front of me. Not sure if you had a chance to look at it, but just looking at some of these matchups, um, Monday Night Football, um, I see the 49ers and Packers are renewing their rivalry on October 15th. Um, as far as, you know, the Kaepernick days or the Steve Young days, just really getting back into what that game was really about. Um, the Titans are on there against the Cowboys, a, 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 an a offense that can run the ball very well and a defense that doesn't give up many yards on the ground. Um, I see the Bills are sprinkled in there. I don't know why. Uh, but then, you know, I, I'm looking at a matchup, Tennessee and, and the Texans. You know, which matchup kind of jumps out at you? If you t- took a look at the Monday Night Football lineup, what matchup do you look at and say, that's a game I'm going to look at? Uh, I'll probably say the Titans and the Cowboys because we know both teams like to run the ball. So that will be a matchup I'll be interested in watching on, on the Monday Night Football be honest with about you as far as for the line uh no as far as monday night football is concerned like overall every game they have overall get, yeah i mean i'm gonna I'm go with the, with the i mean let's just start off early man I'm, I'm curious to see how the lions do to open their season up man like uh and i'm optimistic with this new coach and i think this is his time to show why the lions hired him no better no bigger Stays than Monday night, uh, going up against competition that he's been playing against for years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how, how how prepared the Lions are to open the season up. McGriff outside of the Lions game, any any matchup Monday night you look forward to? Uh, honestly, I, I I don't haven't even looked at all of them yet. I was just so, so focused on trying to look and analyze the Lions schedule. Um, and you know, I just got home like maybe 20 minutes ago. From uh, oh, fair from Ann Arbor, so uh, so yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, enough. I'm looking I'm looking forward to this Lions game. I'm like I'm I'm like please don't break my heart again like you do every year. I'm I'm as a fan I'm looking forward to the Lions season because there are matchups home. You want some of your toughest games at home, you know to to go see them open up. I don't know if the last time the Lions even opened up the season, like the overall NFL season. I think I don't think they've yeah, done that, that ever. So that's, um, that's uh, awesome. yeah, they they've never been relevant enough to do it. They, you know what I'm saying? The Lions just kind of start with the, eh, 
you know. He said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because that's a game to go to. Uh, that's almost like opening day, right? Um, that's something to look forward to. No, no um, it's not. <laughs> well, well, it, it, it's football. It's 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 a, it's a it's a Monday. Well, I guess you're right. Um, New England's coming to town. Tom Brady. Everybody gets a chance to see him. Um, I mean, there's a lot of games that you could just look forward to. If you're a Lions fan, you you want to be able to say, I went to see Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, uh, Cam Newton. And Jeff Goff and that ridiculous LA team all in one season. Not a lot of teams can say that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not giving a prediction either. I, I I don't know if I could. A Nate, if I had to give you one right now, but we'll we'll see after the draft. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number, gentlemen. Uh, let's take a call real fast before we get into some NBA. Um, I believe this is Darius. You're on with the team. What's going on? Good evening. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Hello, sir. Yeah. I've seen the NFL regular season schedule, and I've seen my Brown schedule, and that's a rough one. You sound sad already. I'm sad. I'm trying to be optimistic, but the, the opener is Pittsburgh. Right off the bat, then we go at New Orleans week two. Third, we get two primetime games. Wow. That Thursday night game against the Jets, and we have a Saturday game against the Broncos in December. Mm. So, it's interesting. I'll see what this Browns team going to look like on the field or like I get a good look after the draft. Yeah, I'm looking at 0-6, buddy. Sorry. They were all <laughs> well, I can look forward to the Lions being 6-10 and 10 in last place, so. Wow. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I say third place, third place. But, uh, Why are you co-signing with a Browns fan, man? What's wrong with you? Uh, I, I mean, if people are speaking the truth, man, you have to recognize that. But uh, wow. I will say that the Browns may pick up their first game against the Buccaneers. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Crab legs we trust. Sure. Um, yeah, buddy. Uh, I don't even see that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah, see that. It gets ugly right. after that. After yeah. that, you got the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Bengals. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Browns hey. for a second, though, gentlemen, because they did rebuild their team. Okay, let's just give them credit. Tyrod Taylor may not be a gangbuster at the quarterback position, but he is a serviceable quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over very often. He does make smart decisions. Um, it was just one time he didn't, and the head coach decided to pull him, which was a stupid decision to make. They're, they're building up in the draft. They may go out to Saquon Barkley, so they should have help in the running back position. They got some receivers. They're rebuilt on the deep. They've done some things to rebuild. Only 16 is not going to happen with this team again, right? I mean, they, they're going to get five, happen, right? They're going to get some nah, wins this year, okay? I'll give them two. Wow. Eh. TV, you feel yeah, the same I'm way? They got, they got to get some games, right, bro? They, they got to get at least – I said seven. So I'll stick whoa, with that. Whoa. Whoa. Is that it? <laughs> I said so. uh, when they, I gotta I gotta I got look at their schedule, so I don't I don't know. I'm looking really at it right now, Davis. What are you looking at, buddy? I said seven based they, on the personnel that they have. They they've made some improvements, man. As far as you know, getting Landry, 
getting a serviceable quarterback at Tyrod Taylor, they honestly were just missing a quarterback that could make decisions. Yeah. He was horrible at making Detroit's decisions. Detroit's made improvements too, man. Detroit's improved their potholes too. And, you know, like, get out of here, man. Like, they're not going to win seven games, man. I'm okay. All right. Jets? You don't think they can get one from Baltimore? No, I don't. You know, I'm a diehard Baltimore guy. So All right. Well, they're going to get one from Baltimore. We'll see about that one. They're going to hurt your feelings. All right. They're going to get Baltimore at home. They're going to get the Chargers. I Honestly, I don't believe in Tampa Bay like you do. I, I think that they might get Tampa Bay. Um, I'm just saying, that's the first game of the season. They, they might be able to pull off. They started off 0-6. I hope that they sweep Cincinnati. For, honestly, I, I, I hope. So. I they, really may, hope they, they may get those games against Cincinnati. I think so that's, I can so see what's them that? Games Cincinnati. So I can see that. And then – who knows what the hell Denver looks like, man? Denver looked horrible last season, so they might be able to get Denver. Come on, is that game at Denver right or in Cleveland? Uh, they that game is at Denver. Oh no, they're not winning that game. <laughs> hey, so that's oh, no, I mean, Denver. I mean, I mean, Denver's one of those tough venues to play at on you know, especially, you know, when you're a road team. So no, Cleveland won't get there. They they may make it competitive, but I don't see Cleveland going out to Denver and and getting a win, but. As far as, like, against Cincinnati, yeah, I can see them sweeping that series. I can see them honestly taking a game from Baltimore. That's three games right there in the division. They get char- they get the Chargers. They can beat Tampa Bay. Um, they can beat the Jets for sure, and then they got to get a gimme. They got to take one from somebody. How? Why is that not impossible, Mr. Ellis? I don't understand that because it's the Browns. Man, I, I'm just I, – I, I don't trust their coach. And I just don't trust the organization. So I'm, I'm hoping that Marvin Lewis, we trust talent. <laughs> Marvin Lewis, I trust for them to win seven games, eight games, and keep his job. Yes. Jeez. Wow. What? All right. Nothing, man. I just oh, I, question, I don't know. Question. Listen still... back to the Lions. Uh, is, uh, is 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 the Cooter going to have a job after uh, preseason? Can Can he? <laughs> Is there a different nickname this man could get? Um, that's not a nickname. That's that, that's that man's name. But <laughs> David, you want to ask a question for your boy? <laughs> Does the cooter keep his job? Hmm. Yes. At the end of the season? I said after preseason, sir. After preseason. Oh, yeah. He'll keep his job after preseason. Um, okay. What about – okay. Okay. You think he'll keep his job the whole season? <clears throat> if the if the offense does not produce more touchdowns with LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield, if they do not convert red zones, if they can't continue to move the ball after third down, he's fired. They move on. All right. Gotcha. I think that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Darius, we're going to switch gears over to the NBA. So since we got you, I want to ask you about um, the Cleveland Cavaliers because game one, honestly, they look like deers in the headlight. Those guys were not prepared to play. LeBron called them out in his own way. But in game two, um, I mean, he single-handedly took over the first quarter, uh, scoring, I believe, what, 20 of their 27 points or something like that in the first quarter. Um, your thoughts on Cleveland in this series? Because it, without a Kevin Love, this series is over. Indiana's taking it in six. Do you agree with that sentiment? 
Yeah, I'm su- and I'm surprised that the um, that uh, Indiana is a better team than people think, and they could have stole game two, but but since games are three and four, I see I'm not I won't be surprised if this series go seven. I, that's my prediction. I'm thinking seven. Um, if K Love is out, I'm thinking it goes seven games. Uh, in favor of in favor of Cleveland, if uh, with K Love being out, I think if uh, if Kevin Love is still functional, I think that uh, I take Cleveland in six. So are they going to go six games or seven games? I'm confused. If Kevin Love is hurt, they go seven games. If K Love is in, I think they go six. Is that just simply because they got LeBron James? Yes, man. I'm not. I I don't see LeBron getting put out in the first round. I just. I don't see it. Second round, yeah, they're out of there. But uh, (laughs) first round competition, I just. I don't. I don't see him getting put out, man. I, I just don't. TV, this team, 31% three-point shooting right now in the series. Free throw shooting is honestly atrocious. Both teams shooting around 64%, 65%. LeBron James and everybody else, right? I mean, that's how they're going to win this series. But looking at Indiana and the way that they played, despite 46 points from LeBron James, they were still able to close the gap to three points. Not how the game ended, but they kept the game very tight even while they were down 11, 12 points throughout. Can they make a run at home? Because we see this all the time where a team, young, you know, they, they get excited, they get riled up, but they lose their, their composure in game three, try to get it back in four. And when you do that against LeBron James' team, you, you lose easily. Can Indiana be that anomaly, though? Can they get it done at home? Um, I think Indiana can get it done at home. I mean, Cleveland has a, major, has a big problem. <laughs> well, actually, two problems. Uh, LeBron really doesn't have any help. And nobody can really stop Oladipo uh, from the on the Cavs. So I think Indiana should be able to win Game Three. It's just a matter of Oladipo not getting into early foul trouble and just you know you know taking care of, you know taking care of the ball. I mean that's anytime you're in the postseason that's part number one. Don't turn the ball over. Take care of the ball. You know each possession matters. So right. Um, I think Indiana could. T- I think Indiana could take Game Three. I mean, last week I said it'll, it'll probably be. I think I even picked a sweep, or yeah, I think I picked a sweep. But I didn't know Indiana was this good, and apparently Indiana beat Cleveland during the regular season three out of what four times. So yeah, that's saying that's saying something, man. I, it's it's the matchup was pretty good. So it was I think it was crazy. Still one. Well, not still one. And was and what's crazy about it, TV, is that. You know, Oladipo, he picked up two quick fouls in the first quarter. Um, obviously, that's when they went on that run. But when he got back in the game, he, 22 points very quickly from Oladipo. He changes the game. And it's amazing from his transformation from Orlando to OKC being, you know, the backup with, with Russell Westbrook to now being the star of this team. This team is going as far as Oladipo will allow it to go. No, I mean, for sure. I mean, <laughs> go for it, TV. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, my bad. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, the, the team, I mean, Oladipo is really coming into his own. Uh, 
I think Nate McMillan uh, is, a, is a good coach for them. Has them playing a high intensity uh, basketball and they play defense. I think that uh, Lance Stevenson is a nice nuisance. Like he's been a positive energy for that team. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like what I like what Indiana is doing, especially. They were counted out, you know, uh, given Paul George leaving and and Victor coming over there. He's he's done nothing but elevate his game. So, I, I, I just, again, I think this is going to be the ultimate test for Indiana. They're in a good position because uh, Cleveland is vulnerable, um, and I, I like what they're doing. But I just I can't see LeBron not getting it done, man. Not in the first round of this. McGriff, I know you've been watching a little bit of this basketball stuff. Very impressive, by the way. Um, your thoughts? Uh, can LeBron get this you. done? Uh, yeah, I think he can, and just 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 because he's LeBron, uh, yeah, and you know everything's rigged, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he definitely can. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's always gonna be dramatic, no matter what. Uh, that's why they lost that first game. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely think they they got it. Uh, I'm gonna say in six. Is it safe to say, gentlemen, that if Cleveland does not get out of here in five, and Indiana, let's just face it, they they manhandled them in the paint. They scored more points in the paint did, than Cleveland did. Cleveland was hitting threes all over the place last night, but Indiana stayed true true to the game and was scoring most of their points inside the paint. If they continue to do that and they beat up on the Cleveland Cavaliers and Toronto continues to take care of business of, a honestly, a high school JV team the way that the, the Washington Wizards are playing, um, is it safe to say that Toronto is going to beat Cleveland? Yeah, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think that Toronto will beat Cleveland this year, uh, point blank and period. Um, I, I also think the 76ers are, are geared to be able to beat Cleveland right now as it stands. So, yeah, man, I think this is important for LeBron to at least get out the first round. Uh, but I think he's already kind of alluded that it's not his year. Uh, so, and I think, I think, yeah, I think that if Toronto was to ever strike, this, this is their time right now. This is the year. Yeah. This is the year. TV, what's, what's your thoughts on that, man? I mean, Toronto, and we'll talk about that game next, I guess. Um, Toronto it just seems to be just all over Washington right now. But in terms of Cleveland, the way that Indiana is playing, if they continue the, the physical play that we saw in game two, and they carry that in game three and beyond, Cleveland is going to leave this series beaten up, and Toronto is going to pick them apart. Is that a safe analysis to make or is that one to just say uh well hold your hold your horses uh i will say hold your horses man because historically i mean toronto and cleveland the posting i mean favor has been in in the cast favor and we will think that you know with the firepower with the offensive firepower that toronto has and the length and you know the bench that you know that's you know they should be able to take care of cleveland but I think we need, just need to hold, hold our horses on that, man. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's switch gears, gentlemen. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers are up 110-102 right now against the Miami Heat. Um, we're on Frat House Sports again, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday before we come on on Blog Talk Radio. And I gave the analysis of the 76ers as an up-and-down team, fast break, 
If they can get up and down fast on Miami, this series is over in five or six. If Miami can slow it down, it's over in six or seven. I think, if I'm not mistaken, keep me honest, McGriff TV, I picked Miami to win the series. I think you did. You picked Philly. I th- you picked Philly. I picked Philly? Okay, so. You picked Philly in five. In game one, Philadelphia was up and down. Fast break all day. Miami could not handle it. Game two, we saw more of a Dwayne Wade, 28 points. But they also slowed the tempo down. Philadelphia got out of their rhythm, tied the series. Tonight, Philadelphia, again, up and down the court, taking it to Miami. And Miami has no answers for it. So, I guess when you look at this series, how is, how is this going to play out? Miami looks like they're going to go down 2-1. Can Philadelphia keep up the speed that they have right now on Miami, or can Miami really figure out this puzzle piece that is the 76ers? And that's for anyone to, to, to grab on, on the answer. doesn't matter. I think that uh, pretty much Miami is, is exactly what you said. They, they need to slow the game down, and they need to be the better defensive unit. Right now, they're struggling with that. Philly is scoring the ball well, and this game, how close it is, it's not in the favor of Miami, in my opinion, down the stretch. Dwayne Wade, um, he's exerting good energy, but, again, I think I think it's a lot to say that he's still considered to be their best offensive player right now, um, and, and that's, that's not saying much in regards to the team. Olenek, we need a little bit more from him, and I think Drogic as well. Um, they are playing good defense, uh, obviously. Uh, Winston right there, uh, and then ultimately their center. But I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think they have the offensive prowess to be able to play this type of game. They have to slow them down. So I think it's going to be a seven-game series, though. Okay, fair enough. We we didn't get your pick, so I guess we'll, we can you know pick up on those uh, later on for sure. TV, what's your thoughts on that? Philadelphia sure. running up and down the court. Game one, game three, they're obviously going to win game three. It looks like they're going to win game three. Game two, Miami slows it down, they win it. What's going to, get, what's going to be the breaking point for this series, man? What, who's going to eventually impose their will more, Philly or Miami? Um, I, think it's, I think it's going to be Philly. I mean, Philly's a younger team, faster. Uh, we got youth on their side. I mean, I mean, Miami's pretty, well, sort of kind of experienced. I mean, of course, they have Dwayne Wade, but, I mean, a lot of people got caught up in the moment when Dwayne Wade scored twenty eight points, but again, if you're if you're if your best offensive weapon is coming off the bench and he's up in age, that's not really saying a whole lot when you right. know when you're limited offensively. So I think uh again I think Philly to win this in six and I think Philly's gonna win this in six. They're gonna impose their will. They pretty much just uh just just break Miami down and, and advance to the uh to the semis. And what's crazy about this, though, gentlemen, Joel Embiid came out, I want to say yesterday, said that the team has been babying him since he's been there. Um, Some people thought it was a joke. Some people took it serious. He's got 21 points tonight already, 21 points. And some thought that him being in the lineup was going to slow him down. He's got 24 now, just hit a three. But some people thought he would slow this team down. And he has not done that at all. They're they're actually looking very very good with Joel Embiid. Uh, actually, kind of scary. So, Ellis, I'm assuming that you're taking the 76ers in this series overall, 
Like before you saw the ma- the matchup tonight, you were taking Philadelphia in the series. Uh, before uh, MB came back, I, I would have went with Miami. But if he's back and can stay healthy, I definitely think that uh, Philly is the better team, uh, top to bottom. I think he he completes that team. He, he's the anchor. Um, he's the you know he's like the uh, the extra energy that's needed. So um, as far as him being babied, I disagree with that statement. Uh, I think they're being cautious, and he hasn't and he's in no position to say anything about being babied when he's been injured for about 300 games of his career already. Like I, I mean, <laughs> let's just keep it real. Like every part of his body has been he's been off the court for so knees, foot, <laughs> face. Elbow, back. Right. So I, I don't I don't see him I don't see the thought process and saying that he's being babied when obviously his body is fragile. So um if he's able to play, he's able to go, he, he definitely gives the the additional boost that, that they need to take care of uh Miami. It is so crazy. Have you guys seen this mask that he's wearing? Have you guys seen it yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got He's got a freaking windshield wiper or a windshield on his on on his mask. I've never seen that because some guys when they have issues with their eyes they'll wear goggles. He's wearing a mask in the freaking windshield right on his mask, and it broke. I think in the second quarter. Ellis, uh, keep me honest. I don't think it was the second mm-hmm. or third quarter. Uh, and then he's mm-hmm. got another one. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I'm looking at it right now. Like, what is this? <laughs> it just I don't understand it. It's it's, uh... it's, it's it's interesting, but uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> it's not fast. It, you know, it's him, man. He's goofy, so I think it's you know if he can see out of it and his face is protected. I mean, it is what it is. So uh, he's he's clearly the missing piece right now because they're 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 looking pretty dominant on both sides of the ball right now. Fair enough, McGriff, Dwayne Wade, uh-huh. Chris Bosh, um. LeBron James came in same year in the draft. The last standing, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. If Miami loses this series because of the health of Dwayne Wade, is is he going to retire? Should he retire? I think he definitely should. Um, you know, I go out go out with some, with some dignity. Uh, you know, saying you had a, a great career, your body is telling you that you need to go ahead and hang it up. Um, yeah, I mean. What, what do you have to prove? You know, you had a great career. Just, 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 just go out, you know? Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, 646-668-2182 is the number. Let's get another game in here, fellas, before we take a quick break. Um, I, I kind of want to save this game because this one I think we could really talk about for the rest of the night. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers. Um before, I, I guess after all the game ones were played, I thought that this was the best game one that I've seen. Game two was even more exciting. The Pelicans are surprising some people here, TV. And I don't know if it's because the play of Drew Holiday or just it looks like the second coming of Rajon Rondo, you know, in the playoffs where he's giving you all these assists facilitating the offense and playing fantastic defense, but he's also giving you 19 points in the game. And that's something that you don't get from Rondo. So when you look at the series right now, it's 36, 24 NBA TV um, Pelicans. What's going on with Portland? How come they can't figure this out, man? They were the third seed comfortably and they're on the verge of getting swept. 
I mean, it's all it's all about matchups, man. Um, I think one of the things that we talked about with Portland going to the playoffs was they probably have one. They already have one of the best backcourts, but as far as their frontcourt, it's very questionable. So then, when you get a Pelican team with Anthony Davis and, of course, a point point guard play from Rondo, who's actually been in the playoffs, had experience, you know, championship player, uh, who 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 studies film, well, just like the best. Um, there, there are things that there, he's able to identify against, against the Trailblazers. And then with Drew Holiday, he's always been a solid defender, but offensively, I mean, he's just he's just taking it to another level. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it, this was one of the more intriguing matchups. But, again, as you stated, it looks like a sweep may happen. But um, I don't know. Portland needs, Portland needs to figure it out, man. I mean, Dane Little is the it. best player on our team. And, and right now uh, – Drew Holiday is just he's just making him look bad. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it's matchups, man. Um they are it's guard heavy play by Portland and they have unfortunately run into two defensive guards, the combination of defensive guards that are athletic and actually play defense and actually can facilitate and they're getting feasted on. Uh so it's it's really over for them, man. Like uh you're going to have to have an all-star juggernaut performance from Damian Lillard. Then, unfortunately, he's exerting a lot of offense or a lot of uh, energy to, to try and come, you know, come up big offensively. And I think Holiday has his number defensively. And uh, I think Holiday's proven that he can score with the best of them. And then, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like Rondo has been consistent, man. He was doing this last year before he broke his hand. Before he broke uh, his hand, yeah. When when he went to Chicago, I was telling you guys like they were going to put out the Celtics, in my opinion. And Toronto went down, then it was a wrap. But um, I mean, I think the first game they they kind of they kind of put uh, the Celtics on notice based off Rondo's play. And uh, on top of that, he hated his coach too last year. But you know, we we digress to that. But if he's in a good system right now. He's showing his worth. He's a pure point guard, a defensive minded point guard. And um, I, I think that they're just they're in a good spot. I think when Boogie went down, everybody went into their natural position. You know, point, Rondo got got put into the point position. Uh, your, your boy Holiday is playing the shooting guard, but he can still be a facilitator, so he's still playing point and shooting right now. Um, your boy Anthony Davis uh, was able to step into a five position, um, and I think that he's, he's giving you the, the athletic small ball uh, mentality at the center, and I, I think that it really opened it up. Boogies was a great and gifted passer, and most people don't realize that. So a lot of the offense was running through him. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, as, as good as it started to work with him and it, they actually figured it out with him, people slid back into their natural positions uh, with his injury. And you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing the play and the, um, the coaching and you're starting to see Rondo be able to facilitate with his team. And they already were a defensive by the team, so he fit right in. Sebastian so Napier only has played two minutes in this game, already two steals. Let me just – let me just throw this out for perspective for people who don't understand what the New Orleans Pelicans are doing at this very moment. Right now in this game, um, I just had the stats up. Hold on a second. Let me pull it back up. In this game right now, Portland has turned the ball over nine times already. It's only the second quarter, the start of the second quarter. The biggest lead has been 18 points. New Orleans has been all over them. Seven steals, one block, 10 assists. And the field goal percentage for Portland, get ready, gentlemen, because this is guard, this is a guard happy team, thirty-four percent. 
Pelicans fifty eight. Yeah, you got a you got a very defensive style team, and the guard play has been tremendous, man. Like you factor in the guard play, and that's not even talking about Anthony Davis yet. It's just literally the guard play uh, of New Orleans, and they are feasting on the the guards of the uh, Portland Trailblazers, and unfortunately, the Blazers we already. Like I said, it's a, it's a guard-happy league, so, you know, they've been kind of going under the radar. They've been doing really good things, but now that you're clamping down and there's a defensive scheme and there's actually matchups that you have to go up against every night, they're being exposed. Point blank, period. McGriff, when mm-hmm. in, in, in all sports, sometimes the will of a team, you could tell the body language of a team. I won't say will because it's hard to – you know, you can't see the heart. You can't see that stuff. But sometimes the body language of a team tells the story. Portland's swag and coming out in game two was not there. And they stayed mm-hmm. around. They tried. The Pelicans took it from them. And I'm not watching the game right now. I don't have the game on. I'm just looking at the stats. Something tells me that the swag of Portland is just not there. I mean, they were down 16 points after the first quarter. Um can can a team bounce back from something like that when you are the favorite as they are the third seed and you're the favorite and and a team comes out and just hits you in the mouth and there's nothing you can do about it but just take the blow can a team will themselves back to 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 winning whether it's in basketball or any sport in your opinion um i definitely think that you can you know what i'm saying we see boxers all the time or excuse me we used to see boxers all the time like <laughs> yeah. hitting the mouth recover and come back you know and i know everybody on this podcast right now and everybody that's listening has <clears throat> um more than likely uh seen the movie friday and they know about uh the la- one of the last scenes when uh you know, uh, Craig got in a fight with Debo, you know, and uh, Get him, Craig. he got knocked Get down, but him, he got back up and he ended up winning the fight. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, about uh, living the fight another day. So uh, you dust yourself off, get back up and try again, you know? So I definitely think he, they can turn around. All right, Aaliyah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that, <laughs> that they're, they're done, bro. <laughs> The Portland, I mean, like you said, it's just one thing to get get punched in the mouth, get to get back up. But like you said, when you got to get back up to some some defenders and some giants, and you're already worn down, and they're actually they're full. Like I said, they're at full health and they're swarming on you. I think it, it's hard, man. Sometimes you just you run into a better fighter, you know, more prepared and and, and is better built to you know, potentially be a knockout artist. And I'm, 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 I'm watching this happen right in front of us right now. Um, it's ridiculous. 41-26 right now, man. It's, it's, it's insane. Last question real fast on this series. Uh, TV, it'll go to you. Um, Dame Lillard, man, people have been sleeping on him his whole career. Does he need to get out of Portland? Uh, that, that could be an option uh, of anything. Hell, I'd rather see um, CJ McCollum go to a different team and, and actually have have some success. I mean, again, one of the best backcourts in the league, but damn, if the only thing you could put up is what, say twenty six points, uh, and what's his game three? I don't know, man. It's I don't know. Some something needs to change for nah. Portland. But uh I, I I one would argue 
Portland has found a way to keep a very relevant team, and unfortunately, players don't want to stay there. I get it. It's a smaller market, but you got to tip your hat to the coach, man. Like, they're third place in the Western Conference. So, sure. to say, does he need to get out of there? Like, where else do you go? I mean, well, you're the I'm, third I'm pretty, best I'm pretty team sure, in the Western Conference. That's good, but I mean, I'm pretty sure there's teams that could use C.J. McCollum. I mean, yeah, they kept it together, but you just said to yourself, they don't stay. So apparently, right. it's almost that organization where players don't want to stay. What is? So I guess that's my question. Like, what? What? I mean, I, mean, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. You, I don't know. Right? You'll, probably, you'll probably have to email the organization and, and, and get an answer for that because I don't. Have <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, TV. I'll get on it. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Well, no, real talk though, TV, I mean, for a second, man. I mean, Dame Lillard has been around, and he has some. He had a solid cast around him, and we know what we're going to get from him. But there's times as well where, again, he just can't get over the hump, and one wants to believe that Portland is a is a destination spot for a free agent, you know, a big time free agent. But I, I mean, as much as I want to see CJ get get his and and move on for sure. I feel like Dame needs to leave Portland. I, I just, I mean, yeah, they're the third seed, Ellis, but I just, I just honestly feel like that if they get swept, which is a high possibility, they're down twenty points right now. I honestly believe mm-hmm. that Dame just needs to find a new team. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams in the league that will love his services as the point guard. Uh, one being the Detroit Pistons. If you ask McGriff, the the what, what would you call him, uh, McGriff, the Pontiac Pistons? Uh, no, excuse me, the Auburn Hill Pistons. Oh, Auburn Hill Pistons. I apologize. Sorry about that. I'm, Losers I'm, nevertheless. I'm, just throwing this, I'm, I'm throwing this out here, though. Portland has been more relevant than Detroit over the last decade. I understand. You know, but Dame Lillard, being the star that he is, always underlooked. Sure. Maybe because it's a small market. But let's let's put it out there. Not change the, the narrative. Russell Westbrook plays in a small market, too. People want to play he with does. him. Right. I'm just saying, people want to go. People want to go there. Paul George went there. Carmelo people Anthony went there. They did go not there. go to, to Portland. Both of them got traded yeah, there. Got so traded. both of them, you can't, you can't say they went there. Both. Of them uh, got but Melo had a no trade. Melo had a no trade clause. He he so chose where he wanted to play, and they still they still yeah. traded him. They forced him out of New York, though. So I understand that, but it, with a no trade clause. He chose which team they wanted to trade him to. He had that option. Portland was an option for him. He didn't want to go to Portland. He went to OKC. He did go to OKC. I'm not. I, I can't deny that. But your boy, the other boy, was traded. Fair. That, so that's fair. I'll give you. He that. might. Yeah, he, he 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 might be out of there. Well, Portland's about to find themselves out of the playoffs very quickly because they're down by 20 points, and um. Good luck with that, man. I this is. I, I want to ask the question about Golden State. They're playing right now, but we'll get on. We'll get to that series uh, in a, in a quick second. Let's take a quick break, fellas. Uh, when we come back, let's get into more NBA talk. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. FT Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. L L I U a fool for this one. Good luck. I got you, bro. Almost 30 years in life, and I ain't even rushing. 
30 kisses to the cheek and I ain't even blushing. My phone's ringing every day and I ain't even buzzing. I'm spitting grocery bars, eggs by the dozen. Like uh, more thrift store. Ooh, Sam. You're like LeBron in the finals. Ooh, crap. Young boys. Yeah, they call me Kid Priceless. Flow's dramatic. You thought I had a big price. I be going nuts like nuts on a payday. Life would be nice if every day was a payday. But that's too easy. I'm far from easy. I'm off the easy. You best believe me. I want to find out breezy. Well, take it easy. I got the max. You got the cheesy. She love wheezy. I love breezy. She love it when I'm looking at it. You want the best that is best. Sir. You're looking at it. Uh, this is the best that is best. I'm saying I'm the best. Don't put me to the test. Battle one-on-one with me. I'll put your head to rest. First 48, man. You under arrest. What's up? Uh, this is the best that is best. I'm saying I'm the best. Don't put me to the test. Battle one-on-one with me. I'll put your head to rest. First 48, man. You under arrest. What's up? Full house. Send some aces like I'm the dealer. You mad because you keep it real and I keep it realer? Never seen me in your life, but I look familiar. You're cracking jokes at my mom's house. Oh, I got to kill ya. Come on, Corey, calm down. This is a fun joke. Nah. I set your chest on fire off a of gun smoke. <laughs> By the time the cops come, they'll find nobody. nobody. Women lie, men lie. Yo, got it. At your funeral, it's all black everything. Rappers suck, cause y'all lack everything. I'm real hip hop, but never on the radio. I keep it 100, but they ain't gonna play me though. A good woman, Lord needs to make her. I'm Kobe Bryant in his prime. I don't need a Laker. Uh, this is the best, that is best. I'm saying I'm the best. Don't put me to the test. Battle one-on-one with me, I'll put your hell to rest. First 48, man, you under arrest. What's up? Uh, this is the best, that is best. I'm saying I'm the best. Don't put me to the test. Battle one-on-one with me, I'll put your hell to rest. First 48, man, you under arrest. FT Sports Podcast. Welcome back. 646-668-2182 is the number. Great conversation so far. NFL schedule has been released. Predictions have been made somewhat. Uh, Teams don't look as scary. Unless you are the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns. We've got the take on those two teams. We'd love to hear from you um, and your teams. Give us a call. 646-668-2182. 2182 is the number. Back to our NBA full court press with the fellas, AA Ron TV, B. Ellis. Uh, gentlemen, before we get back on it, um, I had no idea there was an earthquake here in Michigan. Indeed. Uh, over in uh, Canada, right over on the other side. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the epicenter wasn't in, uh, in Canada. We just stopped over here. It was about a 3.6 on the Richter scale. Mm-hmm. Did, did anybody Ooh. feel it? I heard it. Like, I had just walked in the house uh, from coming home from work, and, like, first thing I did was turn music on in the house. So, you know, I got my sound bar and my subwoofer going. But I heard it sounded like some really deep bass. And I I knew it wasn't part of the song I was listening to. So I'm like, the hell was that? Mm. So, like, maybe 10 minutes later, I saw a news story pop up that uh, it was an earthquake. So I felt two earthquakes 
two or three earthquakes in my time living in Detroit. This is the first time I didn't actually feel it, but I did hear it. That's crazy. TV, did you did you uh did you hear it or feel it or anything? No, I felt it, man. I was napping too, that's the thing. I was sleeping good and I'm like, damn, I know the train ain't that damn close and uh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that ain't no damn train. That's a damn earthquake. <laughs> Because my mom, like, I was like, hey, she's like, you felt that? I was like, hell yeah, I felt that. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, it woke you up from your nap. Yeah, man, it woke me up. I thought the world come to an end because uh, I had a lot of things I wanted to do. Couple of ladies out there I want to call like, hey, uh, look, we about to die, so uh, <laughs> we're for the world in. Ah, shoot! Wow, uh, <laughs> out of control. Oh, it's gonna go with a smile on my face. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah, that that's that's all that matters. Um, let's get back into it, fellas. Uh, Golden State right now, uh, San Antonio, twelve ten. Uh, is the score obviously the, the the final with the 76ers 20 point win over Miami so that series is 2-1 Philly uh, in the Western Conference Golden State uh, single handle I mean they're just they're just a better team I mean we know that this series is over it's just a matter of when uh, and then obviously the news with Greg Popovich and his wife condolences to the family I was telling um, uh, my wife last night Greg Popovich and what he means to sports as a whole um, I think we saw a lot of that during the Kaepernick kneeling. I think his comments about um, Agent Orange has been fantastic. I think what he means to sports as a whole in, in leading the San Antonio Spurs to streaks that we have not seen in all four sports and still in the playoffs is remarkable. So condolences to his family. But when you look at this team right now and as they're constituted, um, you want them to win now, right? Or is it still just like, well, nah, they're just not going to get it done. What's your guys' thoughts on on this series and obviously the change and the emotion that goes along with it now? Um, I'm hoping that San Antonio can channel uh, channel the energy, you know, for their for their coach. Um, I mean, they're just a passionate, well-oiled team that responds to adversity and. Responds well, man. I, I I don't think they're going to get swept. I, I think they might pick up a game tonight um, for their coach, or I think maybe when when he comes back for game four, they might pick one up. Um, I do see the series being over in four or five games, though. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think I think they will respond well this evening. Uh, they're going to play a, a tough game, and yeah, man, whatever's going on with Kawhi, Kawhi too. I mean, it's, it's obviously. You know, they're not protecting them anymore. And, you know, like, the, it is a distraction with Popovich dealing with his loss. And when I say that, that's, I'm saying it's a distraction from, you know, the fact that Kawhi Leonard is, you know, he may be on his way out too. So it's a lot, it's a lot going on over there. It's a lot, it's a heavy heart for Pop. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, they're a bit undermatched. But with Steph being out, I think they can still, they can still get a game in. They should be able to still pull a game off. McGriff, emotionally, do you agree with that? Knowing, obviously, the circumstances um, surrounding Greg Popovich now? Yeah, and, and you know, I think it, it's something to be said that some of the greatest games that have ever been played in any sport 
come off of some kind of tragic loss. Um, in the NFL, we see players just snapping and going off um, when uh, their children uh, pass away. Um, yeah. We've seen like parents pass away and people just have amazing games. Um, so I think this is kind of going to be the same thing because, you know, nothing drives you like something tra- tragic happening. This is the type of game where I would love to see Tim Duncan still playing because I know he would have an amazing He'll bring game. It. And, um, yeah. And, yeah, I think I know he, he would bring it just because, you know, San Antonio, they're, they're a really close-knit team, and they're really close to the community. And, you know, you can really tell the passion that they play with. So um, I definitely – I never thought they were going to get swept. Um, but I think this what's happened and the fact that their coach is not even out there um, – Coaching them tonight um, is definitely going to put some more vigor in them. TV thoughts on this series, man. They're doing it without Steph Curry. Uh, JaVale McGee, never thought we'll say his name uh, as as a guy as as actually getting it done, but he's getting it done. Uh, Got it done game one, uh, solid game two. Um, Does San Antonio get a game? I mean, I I guess we all agree that Golden State's going to win this. No, wait a minute. You picked the Spurs, right? Yeah, I actually picked the Spurs in in, in seven, I believe, oh. last week. It, do you want to you want to change your pick or you want to stick with that? No, I I stick with it. I mean, anything can happen, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, also, condolences to uh, Greg Popovich and his and his family you know, as they go through this rough period. Uh, one of the things that stood out when they made the announcement was just the impact uh, that he had that he's had has had has had throughout the uh, NBA community. I mean, you know, listening to Shaq, uh, listening to LeBron. I mean, just, you know, just a stand-up guy, you know, of course, uh, been with the Spurs for X amount of years. So, you know, players definitely respect him, um, play hard for him. But um, getting back to the series, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you watch, you're watching it and you're like, well, damn, outside of the Marcus Aldridge, who else can really help out offensively I mean, defensively, I think they do a pretty good job, but as this, as the game work, you know, goes on, I mean, Golden State just, you know, they, they cruise they cruise away. So yeah, uh, yeah, Javale McGee, he's definitely playing a good game. But also, uh, and I've mentioned this before, it seems like every time we get to the postseason, you know, it's it's, it's Clay Thompson, man. I mean, he's yeah. definitely showing his worth. I mean, when you think of Golden State, you know, of course, you think about Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. But then Clay Thompson seemed like he's always coming to somebody, you know, this team's rescue. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, the Spurs can pull out the upset. But if not, I, w- I wouldn't be mad about it at all. Would JaVale be hooping, dog? Since he put on those Stop. jerseys. <laughs> Stop. I'm, okay. Hey, I'm hey, JaVale, hey, JaVale is playing. I'm, I'm just saying, like, hooping. watching this team over, watching this team over the years, it's like when we get to the postseason, it's like Clay Thompson time. Yeah, yeah, he saved them a couple and, uh, of times because of these injuries that that this team has continued to face year in and year out. Uh, let's just go on record right now, uh, and you can go in any direction you want, and I'll just say it: if Golden State does not get Steph Curry back uh, for round two, which again it looks like the Pelicans will be that matchup, could be a little premature, but if that is the matchup with or without Steph Curry. We might actually see an upset there nah. with New Orleans. Yes, because the guard play, if they can get physical with Steph Curry, 
which could happen. The problem, then they remind me of this, TV, when Houston played um, Golden State that one year with Patrick Beverly, got extremely aggressive with Steph, took him out of his game a little bit. But the, the difference between Patrick Beverly and, and um, uh, Drew Holiday is that Drew Holiday is a better scorer than Patrick Beverly is. And I honestly believe that if Rondo can, can show up and we see the same Rondo year in, year out, if we get that Rondo in that series with an Anto- Anthony Davis defensively, honestly, man, I could see a six-game, seven-game series, and I could see the Pelicans winning that. I see it being a good series, but the thing you forget to mention is Golden State is the best defensive team in the league. So, you know, just as equally, like, the, the biggest difference between this game or this series and what will happen with Golden State, like, Golden State can play defense just as much as the Pelicans are doing right now. And once again, they're bigger. And I think they're equally as physical. And I'm talking about the guard play now. I'm not going to say from a Steph perspective, but you put Eagle Dial in the starting rotation, which he has been. You put, actually, Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston and uh, Rondo are pretty much the same player, you know, but Livingston has a little bit more height to him. I think that, you know, of course, Rondo's a better passer, but Livingston's a better, I think, uh, just as formidable on defense, and then he can score with a solid mid-range. You put him in with uh, Clay Thompson, who's much bigger than Drew, and plays defense just as well as Drew. Eagle Dollar, Draymond, and then you got Draymond, Eagle Dollar, and, um, and you got your, uh, what is it? Zaza coming off the bench with uh, JaVale McGee to slow up Anthony Davis. I think, again, matchups is in favor of Golden State. It would be an intriguing series, so I'm not going to sit there and say the Pelicans are going to get swept or dusted off, but I think that their Golden State is very much more formidable with uh, with that matchup. And I don't even know if you mentioned I didn't even mention KD. Yeah, again, <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm not – trust me, there's no disrespect towards Golden State. I, I – I, not disrespecting. I'm looking at what this team is doing defensively right now. They're taking away the guard play of, of Portland. That is the strength of that team. And I understand that they got weapons all over the place with Golden State. They really do. But I'm just not going to ignore the pedigree that is Rajon Rondo, man. I, I mean, TV, we no, – that Boston team, it just, it, it, just, it just reminds me of the Boston team. They had a three-headed monster there, you know, with Ray Allen, Gar- Garnett, and Pierce, and then you had Rondo. He can facilitate the offense. We see it with Chris Paul, where even last night, 22 points is what he gave you. Chris Paul's best attribute is getting other guys going, being the field general or the floor general of the team. And Rondo is that guy defensively, where Steph Curry is that guy offensively. And uh, excuse me, when it comes to the NFL, I think defense wins championships. The Pelicans playing the best defense right now in the playoffs. And that's what matters the most. TV, do you agree with that sentiment, or do you, you kind of agree with Ellis? No, I, I think I have to agree with you, man. Uh, I'm still trying to see where it says that Golden State is the best offensive team uh, right now because I don't see them in the top ten. Not so right I'm, now. I'm, I'm kind of – oh, okay, okay. Are you, talking, you said they were the best defensive team. They, they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like, uh, if you want me to go pull up the stats, I will. Um I, I'm, I'm actually, actually I'm, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the stats right now. If we're talking like, for example, opponents opponent points per game, uh, they're not even in the top ten. If we're talking defensive efficiency, uh, they're not in they're top eleven, so they're not even in the top ten. So, 
I guess. Which defensive stat are we talking about here? Nah, but I like to figure that well, okay, okay, no, okay, they've been busted. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the, I'm just asking the question, man. <laughs> That's all. I mean, injuries are part of the game, but I'm gonna answer Chris question. Chris, I agree with you. Uh, I think point guard play is going to be the crucial uh, part if the Pelicans and Golden State see each other in the second round. Um, Steph Curry coming, you know, being off for so long, I don't see him just having an instant impact. I think the matchup I'll definitely watch. Closely, if it were to happen, it would be Clay Thompson against against either Rondo or Drew Holiday, and whoever wins that matchup, I think that I'll I think we'll know the outcome of, of that series. Fair enough. The for clarification, the Warriors are top three in defense, the best defensive team in the league after 82 games, according to NBA stats, was the Houston Rockets, followed by the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Pelicans was eight, but they were tied with four, three other teams, the Indiana Pacers, OKC, and Utah. Again, I'm not sure what metric that is. We can definitely dive into that. I, I don't agree with it, but I, I definitely understand what Ellis is saying. I understand what you're saying, too. I just feel like the defensive side of the game, if you look at what the Pelicans are doing right now to the guards of Portland, the strength of the team, they're taking them away. Can they do that to Steph coming off an injury? Yes. Can they do that to Clay? Which, again, to TV's point, he's been awesome in the playoffs, but we're still talking Clay Thompson. Sometimes he can go, sometimes he can't. Can they do that? Can Rajon Rondo take him out the game? I think so. So it, I'm interested to see what that round two matchup would be. Can we disagree that before what we've seen with New Orleans, we were thinking Golden State had the clearest path to the Western Conference Finals? Can we agree that they no longer have that? Gold State? Yes. Um, to the conference finals? Yes. I, I would have to say the clearest route is looking like it's going to be. Uh... Ooh, I mean that. No, not I'm not I'm not saying in comparison that. to other teams. I'm saying Golden State when they started yeah, the playoffs, it was saying yeah. Golden State was going to go to the Western Conference Finals. They're going to get Steph back in the second round. They're going to be okay. They're going to make it to the Conference Finals, and that's when the challenge begins. Can we all now agree that yeah. that is just not the narrative any longer? I, I don't think that's the narrative. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I, I never was feeling that way, though. The, the West is, is looking nice, and, they, and the competition has it's, – it's, it's a lot closer. And especially Golden State, man, we've seen this last time. Like, those injuries – Play ultimately played a toll on them, and they lost the championship to uh, Cleveland. So, you know, I, I've had my eye on this all season to to see that Steph is having that type of season yet again with those injuries. So, uh, you know, yeah, I I think I think it's going to be challenging regardless. Um, and there's a, there's an equal level of competition in the Western Conference uh, point blank period. That's one through well, I'm going to say one through seven. I don't know what's going on with that eight over there right now. TV, you agree with that sentiment? <laughs> No, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, I, I was on I was on the mindset that uh, okay, you know, Golden State would be fine, take care of business. I mean, of course, I had to lose to the Spurs, but yeah, Golden State take care of business. See Houston, that's where time starts. And also, let's not forget the coach of the Pelicans, Alvin Gentry, was part of that uh, coaching uh, crew with uh, Golden State, so he's pretty familiar with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, how those guys like to play, you know. Their favorite spots to shoot and all, and all things you want to call out. So, 
But keep that in mind too if they end up match if they end up meeting up in the second round. I'm not gonna make you slide on this, man. What made you pick San Antonio? It was you were you thinking that Kawhi was coming back? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't I didn't I knew Kawhi wouldn't come back at all. I just felt that Popovich I I just wanted to make up experience, honestly. I just figured, okay, you know, you know, Pop's just in the whole season. Okay, I got it. No, I'm not just a hater. <laughs> you hear this no. man? Like no, he don't show up I'm to work really, one I'm, day and he already taking shots. Like what is that? No, 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 stop. I never I don't really care for Golden State. I mean I don't really care for any team. I mean, I'm a, I guess I'm a sort of kind of a Pistons fan, but I mean, Golden State's been doing their thing. I mean, I've witnessed a team win 73 games and come up short. So, I mean, yeah, no, no doubt. Cool, I'm just saying, I can see you saying that with Kawhi, but like Kawhi being out, I, I, it just, it just, it really does put a hole in that team. And then San Antonio, unfortunately, as good as they're playing, and I'm saying he, Popovich done an amazing job. They did. They definitely hobbled into the playoffs this year, man. They they did, but he's done an amazing job because they they're very much so well coached. And it's up Curry, you know, he's out, and then Clay Thompson has a thumb injury. Then Kevin Durant's been hurt. Draymond Green's been hurt. Andre Iguodala's been hurt. So there's a lot of questions. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are in the playoffs, but you know they're limping in the playoffs too at the same time. Let's. Let's get into some rapid fire, gentlemen, for the rest of the um, um, uh, the rest of the show here. As far as the rest of the series are concerned in the NBA, um, I'm going to start. I'm going to combine two series or two teams together with this thought in this statement. Um, it is safe to say that the Minnesota Timberwolves, which if you're going to criticize TV for his pick in San Antonio, then you might as well just rip me because I picked Minnesota in seven, and I regret that pick. Because Minnesota and Washington under siege, baby! There's absolutely no way that these two teams are coming back to win this series. Minnesota, Carl Anthony yeah. Towns, Wiggins, the way he's been playing, it is, it is bad. And I feel like, gentlemen, I think the old adage, Denny Green, said it best. After in the press conference after that Bears game, because Thibodeau, they had Houston in game one. They really did have Houston in game one. And I felt encouraged because Carl Anthony Towns did not play well at all in game one, and they still came close to winning the game. And then they go out and lose by 20. Then on the other side in the Eastern Conference, you got Toronto that is absolutely wiping the floor with Washington. I'm just going to say it. I'm not a hater because y'all was talking about me for like two years straight about John Wall. But the bottom line is this team is better without John Wall. Bottom line, they won more games. They played like the, like a team. The chemistry was on. He came back. They started losing games. They got into the uh, into the playoffs. I think their their key win that they had was against Boston, which is not saying much. But they beat Boston. They get into the playoffs, and they absolutely look bad. Not that Toronto's is better, but they don't have no chemistry. They just look like a team that just don't want to be there. And all signs point to John Wall as being the reason why. So rapid fire with this, if you want, who's in bigger trouble, Minnesota or Washington? Um, oh, that's tough, man. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that Minnesota's in more trouble, man. 
I think that uh, Cat is uh, playing just like the nickname that he has, uh, or Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, and what? It sucks. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Hold on, back up. Back up. <laughs> back up a second. What? Did anybody catch that? Before you before you continue to answer did. that, did anyone the Griff or did, did y'all catch that? Yeah, he's playing like a cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you okay. he's non basketball so That's not the person to ask. But uh Gigi caught it. I mean he's playing like cat, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I played you at all today. I've been you see good. That? You see that, McGriff? I've been behaving myself today. Wow. Behave. Behave. Hey, hey, you still got you still got like an hour and a half left in the day, McGriff. So you know, feel free. Wow. wow. No shade at all has come from the McGriff. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! That, that was not shade, man. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Carl Anthony Towns is trash. Um, I I don't know what to say, man. I, I'm actually too. They lost by 20, and your boy had like one of his worst games statistically. I know. Another and reason. That's, I yeah, yeah. I'm not sold on that James Harden guy in the playoffs, but you know, nonetheless, I think that that's again, that's uh, that's that's more bad news for Minnesota. Man. Hold on, man. Before and you continue on with that thought, you need to give Chris Paul his his due because last night he he balled out last night. I ain't never said nothing bad about Mr. Chris Paul. I think that uh, okay. again, he got more work to do for me too. I've I've never said anything bad about. I just said that unfortunately, you know, he has a hard time getting to that to the the uh, that destination. So I mean. That's still to be proven otherwise right now. That's for him and Paul, or him and uh, Harden. So you feel like Minnesota is in more trouble than Washington is, bottom line? Yeah, I think Washington and, in my opinion, Toronto, they're both suspect at all times. Chris, you go the hardest on Washington. I think Kyle Lowry, or not Washington, but uh, Toronto. Toronto. Kyle Lowry is still – Toronto, excuse me. He's still been ashy. Kyle yep. Lowry, he just hit. Now, your boy has elevated his game, and he's been consistent so far. Uh, both of them kind of Lowry. played a mediocre game, and in the, in, they both played kind of mediocre in, in the first game. Um, and I think oh, DeRosa came back and had an amazing game, too. But I mean, I Which think that they these do. teams thrive off their Both these teams thrive off being at home. So I think Washington will go home and potentially defend their home turf. And I think this, this still will be a series. Um, and Washington is known for that. They will go drop eggs when they go on the road and they come home and, and play like a championship-caliber team. So um, I, I'm a little bit more worried about Minnesota being able to get back on track than I am about Washington coming out and striking while they're at home. Fair enough. TV, Minnesota-Washington, which team are you more concerned about? Um, this, this is the easy one. It's Washington, man. Uh, they've been, you know, John Wall. Bradley Beal and some of those other guys have been together for quite some time, and it's it's definitely on display that this team doesn't like these players don't like each other. You got the right. bickering, you got the Twitter beef. I mean, you can go on and on. And at this point, it's it's time it's time to uh, it's time to move some pieces around. And they're just here they're just here for the ride. And once it's over, it's over, man. So I think Toronto's going to end up sweeping the Wizards, man. And, yeah, I'll pretty much be the info for the Wizards for some time. So, fair enough. McGriff, Minnesota, Washington. Who are you more concerned about? 
Uh, I got to piggyback on TV, even though apparently somebody in this group says I don't know anything about basketball. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> stuff that happens off the court uh, definitely affects what happens on the court. So, uh, yeah, definitely Washington. I love the serious demeanor you just took on that one. McGriff, you get – McGriff, you, name – uh, give me three players off of Washington, man. Just three. Man, come on, man. Let this man have his moment. <laughs> Don't do that. Ellis, Let that man Ellis, have his moment. Uh, Ellis, tell me five prime numbers. Five. All right, moving on to the next topic. <laughs> moving on. The last two teams that we did not discuss, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Dang. You know what? No, let's revisit that. Ellis, can you give us five prime numbers, man? I'm getting a lot of static on my phone right now, man. Hold on, I can't hear you. Damn. Hey, man. Wow. Oh. That is good. All right. Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks uh, are also playing. The series is 2-0. Um, we got a lot of a lot of heat in this one. Um, the play of Eric Bledsoe deserves the criticism of everybody because he's getting cooked by a role player. It's just as called for what it is. Terry Rozier is a role player, and he's getting absolutely scorched by that man. Um, he needs to elevate his game if Milwaukee even wants to stand a chance. And then on the other side of the of the series, you got Oklahoma City who all three of their starters went 0-14 in the fourth against Utah. They're down or they're, they're tied 1-1, but I honestly feel that Utah could steal the series and win it in six. So, gentlemen, uh, which team are you looking at to either make a comeback or yell and scream and say, get it together? I'm looking at uh, Milwaukee to yell and scream and say, Get your, you know what, together, man. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, the Greek freak, Chris Middleton. I mean, they should at least, they should have been able to at least take game one. I mean, just, oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 This definitely is not a good look for Milwaukee, man. They got too much talent on this roster. Their roster is in fully intact. And they're being destroyed. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't get it. So, I mean, well, to tip your hat, hat to uh, Brad Stevens and, and the job that he continues to do with the team. That's, that's all I can say. It's something to be said about a team that, you know, where Giannis is doing everything. But, I mean, his free throw shooting is atrocious, man. The team is shooting to collectively 63% beyond arc. Um, but uh, it, it, go ahead. They haven't really elevated their game since even letting go of Jason Kidd, though. I mean, that's the point. Jason Kidd wasn't the issue. I mean, if anything, they were playing better, in my opinion, when the kid was there um, as far as utilizing Giannis. I mean, the thing is, they're at full capacity right now, so we can't make any excuses for them coming out there and dropping two eggs against a pretty much depleted Boston Celtic team. Yeah, true. They're they're missing their two best players, and they are still mad. Still, I'll say maybe their three best players. Your boy not playing either. Um, What's the the gentleman's name? Marcus Smart. Marcus Uh, Smart. Market smart, so it's like, yep. and they're still feasting on the Bucks right now, with Giannis <laughs> out there, yeah. with uh, Bledsoe that they went and traded for, 
with your boy being back in the lineup, uh, Jabari, Jabari Parker, like, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. They cut I mean, his minutes, actually, too, by the way. Well, I mean, hey, and you got Moose out there. I mean, well, Moose is on the Celtics, but it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like, they're, I'm not impressed based off the talent they have on that roster. So, you know, if you're going to get Jason Kidd up out of there, you might as well get this coach up out of there, too. All right. McGriff, what what say you? Give us your your NBA knowledge, sir. Are you yelling at OKC? O and fourteen was their starters. All three of them: Melo, Westbrook, and George couldn't hit a basket in the fourth quarter. Are you yelling at OKC, or do you agree with these guys about Milwaukee? Um, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. That's... <laughs> I threw you a, I threw you a ball, bro. I threw you a loop. I threw you a hoop. I you know, threw it to you, bro. I was going to fake my way through it. But you know what? I'm going to be honest. I threw you I don't know. <laughs> I know you did. I know you but did. But I threw you and a I appreciate hoop. It. Like, I, appreciate, I appreciate the oop. Open uh, court and everything, man. I was just like, here you go. I can't wait to the ride. Five was a prime number. <laughs> oh my gosh And that is how the show ends Wow um, Good job man I, I was throwing you oops all night man That was, that was the easiest one bro Every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, FT Sports Podcast. Got a couple more shows left uh, before the end of our season. So if you want to tune in and hang out with the fellas every Thursday night, 9 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, give us a call. 646-668-2182 is the number. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. Enjoy baseball. uh, Enjoy uh, NHL playoffs as well. Shout out to the Golden Knights of Vegas. Expansion team. Shout out to the Penguins. Man, everybody's doing well. I, I never really get into NHL here, but sometimes I, I guess TV. Do you watch? Can you admit that you watch some some hockey sometimes? Uh, sometimes. And shout out to those Pittsburgh Penguins. We're trying to do something that's been done in quite some time. Three P, baby. Three P. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going for the three P. I do know that at least. It's not about you, Brad. Three P. Wow. (laughs) Wonderful. Enjoy the weekend. Oh, wow. Damn. Spring is in the air. Enjoy the weekend, (laughs) fellas. We will see you guys next Thursday right here on FT Sports Podcast. Have a good night. All right. Peace.